We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I'm Julia Plugi with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. And I'm Michaela Ray with the National Wild Turkey Federation. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of She Goes Outdoors. This is Michaela here, and I'm actually super excited today. Not that I'm not always excited for our podcast, but we're trying a little something new through all this social distancing. Uh, Julia and I have been recording our episodes separately, but today we get to record it together and virtually. So I don't know about Julia, but it's nice to look at her face, even if it's through <laughs> a computer screen. I am at excited to get back into our rhythm, our pattern of recording the, our podcasts, and hopefully everyone is continuing to be outdoors. Michaela and I certainly are, and now that um, we, you know, we're approaching the end of turkey season, but- oh, don't say that. That makes me so sad. The end of turkey uh, season, like, holy moly. The time went so fast. Like, so I thought fast. The time being at home would go slow, but- it's hard to believe that we're approaching the middle of May and that schools are out. And now what's going through my mind is what am I going to do with these kids at home outdoors? And, yeah. but it's, it's not all hunting seasons is not over. Uh, maybe it's a species hunting season for animals, but I tried to think, what can I still hunt? What hunting season is it now? And you don't necessarily, you don't. You don't have to have a license for the hunting season that we're talking about today. Nope. We're going to talk about mushroom hunting. Makila, have you ever been mushroom hunting? Um, I've tried. I've not found any, but I follow a couple different groups on Facebook, like Nebraska hunting related groups, not mushroom specific, but just hunting and fishing boards. And they've actually been full of mushroom hunting stuff. People are out and about. And so, um, yeah, I've ate morels once or twice. I actually was introduced to them in college and yeah, I've looked for them, but haven't been totally successful. The only mushrooms that I have found are, you know, when they're growing in my yard and I know those are <laughs> Yeah, I had some mushrooms growing in my flower pots last year. It was really odd, and they were green and fuzzy. Probably not the edible kind. No, you know, and I don't know. I, I don't know what an edible mushroom looks like. Well, I guess I do if they hand me a morel. I cooked them. I prepared them. I eat them. But Michaela and I, we don't, honestly, we're going to be out there and bold. We don't know squat about finding hunting mushrooms. Other than <laughs> the ones that are in our yard, other than the ones that may be in the flower pot, we want to learn more about hunting mushrooms. So we're going across the state we're reaching out to a good friend of ours, an experienced mushroom hunter herself, Julie Geyser, and we have her on our Zoom call. Hey, Julie, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. It's good to see another face. It seems like the only faces I see on Zoom calls are like repetitive. So this is a new face. That's fun. A new old face, right? <laughs> <laughs> you look youthful to me. <laughs> she is so youthful. I've known Ju Julie and I have probably known each other for what, 20, maybe not that long. Okay, let's go back to about 12 years. It's, it's been, been a long, long time. 
Yeah, since I was hired with the Game and Parks Commission about 12 years ago, we're just going to estimate, Julie was the queen, or still is the queen, of becoming the Outdoor Woman program. When we met, she was just a contract employee with the Game and Parks to plan our Becoming an Outdoor Woman program. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, but now she is an employee with the Game and Parks Commission. So before we jump into the content of how to find mushrooms, we want to learn a little bit more about Julie and her, like she is the outdoor woman itself. And I, I predict that we're going to have her on the podcast a lot in the future. We have a lot to learn from her, but let's learn more about her in general. Tell us about maybe your positions with Game and Parks, how long have you been with BOW, and then you know, just share a little bit about yourself. Well, my official title with Game and Parks is a public information officer uh, here in the Southwest District, and I'm actually stationed in North Platte. Cover a pretty big area here in the Southwest. We have tons of reservoirs and lots of state rec areas and state historical parks, and I'm kind of kind of the PR person for this part of the state. Love my job. Um, get to see a lot of neat things and a lot of different people. I also write and do photography for Nebraska Land Magazine, and that's one of the great points of my job as well. Um, then I also do a lot of outdoor education and outdoor-related outreach programs here, which is also something that I'm pretty passionate about. And when I have time, I do tons of hunting, fishing, kayaking, Whatever I can do outside, bird watching, photography, all that good stuff. You just, you never stop and there's always something to learn and something to experience. So what's um, your favorite activity? My favorite activity I'd have to say would be hunting. I've been hunting for, this is, this is going to tell everybody my age. I've been hunting for probably over 35 years. Oh, well, she's 35 probably, years old. Right. <laughs> probably closer to 40 years now, but just thoroughly enjoy hunting every aspect of it. and. The older I get, the more I'm, I enjoy getting other people involved in hunting and uh, get to enjoy the same things that I've enjoyed for so many years and experiencing the outdoors in different ways through hunting. And of course, mushroom hunting is one of the things that I also enjoy, just getting out in the woods and uh, looking for new things and new things to photograph, new things to experience and hopefully new things to cook and eat. How would you recommend to someone else that they get started? You know, it's, it's kind of tough when you're just starting because if you don't know anything about it, it is, it is difficult to say, okay, where do I start? Morel mushroom hunting is probably one of the best ways to get started because there's really no look-alike poisonous mushroom that looks yeah. like, um, so it's fairly easy to do and fairly easy to find. You can find morels in woodlands, sometimes out in pastures, uh, accretion areas, river bottoms, any place that's been a burnt area, um, under cedar trees. So in the spring, they're, they're one of the mushrooms that's pretty abundant and pretty easy to find and very easy to identify. Yeah, they are pretty distinguishable. And I feel like when I hear people talk about mushroom hunting, that's what you typically think of as morels. Exactly. The best thing to do too is either go with somebody that knows a little bit about mushrooms or find some good online resources. Um, I actually started off with 
four or five really good mushroom identification books. Hmm. And that's how I got started. And what I basically did was picked like five of the easiest to identify mushroom species that we have got really knowledgeable about those and then every year I try to go out and search for you know two or three new mushrooms out in the woods or um, accretion lands or wetlands and just to see what I can find and try to identify what what species of mushrooms there are so it's an ongoing process and it's kind of a slow learning process unless you have an abundance of time to just mushroom hunt and identify what you're finding. So what are the other types of mushrooms outside of morels, which is what I think everyone thinks of? Can you rattle off a few other popular mushrooms in the state? You bet. In the uh, spring, summer, and sometimes even into the fall, you'll have the shaggy mane mushrooms. Those are pretty easy to identify as well, just because they're kind of a scaled looking mushroom. And if you don't catch them coming up right away, they have like a black they turn into a black inky substance. They kind of self-absorb themselves and they call them inky caps or shaggy manes. And those things grow, it's so funny, they grow in gravel and um, sometimes you'll even find them growing in cracks of concrete and uh, pastures and just in odd places. And they're really, really flavorful and just a kind of a delicate mushroom. The problem with those is, is once you pick them, you need to put them right on the table. They, they don't preserve real well in the refrigerator. Um, but that's a good one this time of year as well, especially with the wet weather that we've been having. Right now too, you can find jelly type mushrooms. Not all of those are edible, but if you can find like woodier uh, mushrooms, they're kind of like a, they actually look like an ear growing on a tree. Jelly ears. One of the other mushrooms right now is dryad saddle or sometimes it's called pheasant back. The pheasant back mushroom is commonly found on like hardwood logs or trees this time of year. Um, you can usually find these through June and sometimes into July. They have kind of a lemony aroma and like most other mushrooms kind of a woodsy flavor. And the younger samples are best to pick or slice off with a knife. Um, they're great with dishes like fish or chicken and poultry dishes. The older the pheasant back gets, it gets kind of tough and impalatable. So you want to catch those when they're fairly young and growing. Um, but they're a neat looking mushroom. They, they kind of resemble the back of a pheasant. They're scaled on the top and the pattern looks like a pheasant's back. So that's why kind of its nickname is pheasant back. Gosh, and then, you know, throughout the year, you can get into the toothed mushrooms, um, which sounds kind of funny, but sometimes you'll see these white mushrooms growing um, under cedar trees or around uh, other trees that look like white teeth or fangs. So as you go throughout the year, you can find some more of the toothed mushrooms, which are kind of neat looking mushrooms. Um, they're usually white and they grow underneath a lot of cedar trees, um, wooded areas. And they're kind of cool looking because they just look like a mass of white fang teeth, which is kind of a neat looking mushroom. Then you get into the fall where you can find oyster mushrooms. Um, chicken of the woods is one of my favorites. Looks like a coral reef on a tree is basically what it looks like. Um, they're very easy to identify for beginners too. And 
most of the time you're going to find those late summer and into fall. Um, sometimes people call them the chicken fungus, chicken mushroom, but they, they do. They're a very pretty yellow and orange mushroom and they're usually in big clusters. So that's a really good one to gather and put on the table as well. And then you get into one of my favorites, the giant puffball. <laughs> Those are pretty unmistakable mushrooms. Um, they look like a anywhere from baseball or softball size, clear up to basketball size or bigger, depending wow. on how much time they've had to grow. And they basically look like a huge puffball. Um, there are some look-alikes that are poisonous to the puffball. So when you cut a puffball open, you just want to make sure that the inside looks like a giant marshmallow. If you see any mushroom outline inside of the puffball when you cut it open, then throw it away because that's going to be a poisonous one. Um, it's very easy to distinguish if it's if it looks like a giant mushroom or marshmallow, when you cut that mushroom open, you're good. And that one, oh gosh, I've, I've seen people cut that into like half inch slices and then make it like mini pizzas on the grill with them. They kind of, yeah, they kind of resemble tofu or even mozzarella. You can slice those up and bread them and they almost taste like mozzarella sticks. So, sounds yummy. Yeah, well, you kind of lost me at tofu, but yeah, but you had <laughs> me back at mozzarella, mozzarella sticks, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, combination flavor of the tofu and mozzarella. So, out of the all of them, Julie, which one um, do you get the most excited about to find? Like to maybe prepare? Which one is your your favorite out of all the mushrooms? Oh gosh, you know, it would almost have to be a tie between morels and puffballs with chicken of the woods being my second, so to speak, um, just because of the flavors and morels, gosh, you can slice those up and saute them, put them in with casseroles or quiches or eggs for breakfast. We also like to fill them with um, or diced jalapenos whipped Ooh. in cream cheese. And then we, we actually take a jerky shooter and we fill the inside of the morels with that cream cheese and jalapeno mix. And then fill them. Oh yeah. Make some morel poppers. Um, yeah, you're totally speaking my name now. <laughs> there's just so many different ways you can cook morels. And like I said, the puff balls, it's, gosh, there's just so many different things that you can do with a puff ball. I guess that's kind of why morels and puff balls are tied for first place in my book. I've made omelets before with morels and, oh yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do with morels. I prefer actually just cutting them in sauteing, like you said, rather than, you know, they're, they're good when they're deep fat fried, but I just feel like that's all you taste is the grease and the salt on that. And yeah. I would prefer to have them just sauteed up or even um, fry them, saute up and put them on a steak. Ooh, we could put them on like, oh, Deer like steaks. Steak. Ooh. Yeah. They're yes. good over pheasant breast too. 
Oh, yeah. Like oh, fry up man. a fre- pheasant breast. Yeah. Julia, you mentioned that some of the mushrooms kind of have lookalikes, and you need to be careful that they're not, you know, poisonous or anything like that. Are there any, like, really key things on all mushrooms that you look for to make sure they're good or not good, I guess? Or does it just vary by the mushroom? It kind of varies by the mushroom. And that's where you really need to find good resources that have very good photos and identifying features of each mushroom. Okay. Um, okay. You know, one of, and that's kind of the toughest thing or something that has the, something on the stem that looks like a skirt or maybe a ring around the stem. And then at the bottom, uh, kind of where it grows out of the dirt, there's a mycelium and that's how every mushroom starts growing. But some of those have like a, like a bulb or a sac-like base. Um, and those are called, I think, vulvas. I'm trying to remember my mushroom parts here. So if you see anything with white gills, which are the things that grow underneath the mushroom head mm-hmm. or cap, or anything that looks like it has a skirt or a ring on the stem, or anything that has like a bulb at the base, you want to kind of stay away from those. Get some of those with those same identifying features that are edible, but as a rule of thumb, I would stay away as a beginner of anything like that. I would avoid any mushrooms with red on the cap or stem. Again, there's still some red mushrooms out there that are edible, but for the most part, I'd stay away from anything with red on them. Julie, do you have pictures that you would be able to share with us from um, your out and about? Yeah, I did a story for Nebraska Land Magazine on mushrooms through the seasons too, and it has some of those basic mushrooms in there. We could put a link to that story um, so people could actually go in and look at those photos as well and read read the story that I wrote about those. Nebraska Land is a great resource to learn about Nebraska outdoors. And uh, Julie is a fantastic writer, fantastic photographer. And I would definitely uh, reach out to that link that we'll put on our Facebook page to learn more. Michaela, do you have any other questions for Julie about mushroom hunting? No, but I do have a feeling I'll be following up with you again, Julia. Julie, sorry, Julie and Julia, that's hard. Um, (laughs) I'm surprised that hasn't happened more this episode. Um, No, but I do think mushroom hunting is one of those things where you're going to learn as you go. So Julie, you might be getting a text message from me. And it'll be a picture of a mushroom and it'll say, okay or not okay. <laughs> I get that a lot. Okay, well, good. Is I won't be the only one. There are apps out there, like you can take a picture of a plant and it'll pop up and say, this is this plant. Are there any apps out there that we could put on our phones that would do that for mushrooms? You know, I haven't looked for one for mushrooms. I should do that. There are those apps out there that do identify plant species. um, And I use that a lot when I go to forage for wild edibles. Um, But you know, I haven't looked for a mushroom one. That's a great idea. There's got to be, I would think. There's got to be something you would think. Yeah. Yeah. Julie is an amazing, amazing forager as well. I've seen her presentations on uh, how to seep pine needles to make tea. Uh, the, the so many different things that can be done with nettles. Um, I'm, I'm seeing another podcast episode in the near future. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So Julie, 
as we wrap up this conversation about mushrooms, in our 12 years together, um, we've spent a lot of time at the Become an Outdoor Woman weekend, and that is where so many fun stories come out that we share about our experiences in the outdoors. Um, I can think of many funny stories that you have shared, at least I thought were hilarious, maybe. <laughs> and you Some of which we cannot them. share on this podcast. <laughs> Okay, fine. Who makes those rules? <laughs> <laughs> Not all, so just some. So the question that we're asking all of our guests, first question is, what is your most memorable experience outdoors? Oh gosh, the most memorable. There's so many to pick from. I don't, I don't know exactly which would be my most memorable. Son's first deer was a very memorable experience. It was kind of funny because he he's going to kill me for this if anybody <laughs> that he knows hears this. Uh, he was just 12 years old and shot right over the back of this nice buck. And lucky, <laughs> lucky for him, the buck just looked up like, what the heck was that? <laughs> there, didn't even move so he could get another shot off and then he, you know, got it right in the heart and lungs. So um, well, that's not super embarrassing. He was 12 and the second shot was good. <laughs> that's right. But you know, taking, taking my granddaughter hunting, she got her first goose this year. She got her first deer this year. Awesome. Um, you know, one of my favorite hunts uh, for a Beyond BOW that we did was a turkey hunt. Was that two years ago, Julia? When I had the ladies from Omaha down? And they oh, shot their first turkeys. Oh, no, yeah. that would have been that last year, wasn't it? 2019. Yeah, it yeah. was last year then. That was probably one of the most memorable hunts I've, I've been on, too. Um, probably one of my favorites. That's cool. That yeah, the, and the two ladies that participated in. So we'll let the, the listeners know that Julie uh, Geyser, she also, um, she mentors a lot of hunts. And one of the hunts that she just talked about was a mentor turkey hunt uh, near her hometown uh, in the Brady, Nebraska area. And these two young ladies had never, um, at least one of them had never been hunting before um, out of Omaha. And they went with Julie and they both got their first turkeys. Now both these ladies have continued to participate in a variety of outdoor uh, skills, pursuits, different types of hunts. And so um, we commend Julie for providing that positive experience for them to want to continue down that pathway. Uh, Julie is also... Um, she does mentored hunts with waterfowl. We did a mentored hunt with deer too this year. Yep, yep. Yep. Two ladies harvest their first deer this year. Oh, awesome. Uh, yes. Julie is, you know, we like to highlight that um, a lot of the mom experiences of this. So Julie is a mom of two and a grandma of three, three and a half. Yeah, three and a half, soon, soon to be four in September. <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations there. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Thanks, so, me too. She takes those grandkids, and it's so fun to, to follow her on her Facebook page and see what she does with those grandkids as well. She definitely is a 
she outdoor. <laughs> My head's getting big there. <laughs> nah. I can see it on Zoom. It's not getting big. So the last question is, now I have heard some of these stories and you, I, we'll see if you pick the one that I think of. What is your most embarrassing out, embarrass, what, what is your most embarrassing story in the outdoors? Oh gosh, that's a lot. There's a lot of those too. Um, <laughs> which one are you thinking of? <laughs> I think it was one when you were in South Dakota, but that wasn't exactly hunting. No, that one wasn't hunting. Well, you didn't specify hunting. You just said in the outdoors. <laughs> yeah, in the outdoors. You know, uh, we'll leave that one. We better leave that story. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those can't tell on the podcast stories. Uh, you, too, you can't do that. You can't bring it up and then not share it. There's like rules against that. We you know when, when we'll share the story is when we do, I, we have a scheduled podcast that's going to talk about going in the outdoors. Maybe we'll bring up that story then, Julie, when we you know how to go in the outdoors. That's, that's usually what it leads back to too is is going in the outdoors for those embarrassing situations it, <laughs> you know there's ways to there's ways to get it done and not be embarrassed and throughout <laughs> the years I've kind of figured out how how to do this <laughs> that's funny okay come on there's got to be one story that you want to share with us oh gosh I'm trying to think of it. I was trying to think of this yesterday too, when you guys sent that and I, I just couldn't come up with one embarrassing one other than times when you've been stuck in a group of people outdoors and you've had to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, shame in that I was golfing last weekend and I walked in between some cedar trees and went to the bathroom and you gotta go. You gotta go. Uh, yeah. I have the nickname Splash now within our co-workers because I, yep, I, when we were in Arizona climbing the mountains, I had to go and I had to go on a rock and it splashed. I was there. I'll verify. <laughs> you know, hunting, when I first started hunting, I, I was always out with the guys. So I was, I've been kind of one of the guys for years, but you know, when you're in a goose pit with three or four other guys, it's kind of hard to pick and choose when you can actually go <laughs> and it makes it a little difficult so um one of the places where we goose hunt is just off the interstate I mean it's a ways off but you know being a woman and squatting outside is a little difficult when you're right along the interstate too we'll leave that up to the imagination <laughs> yes we'll just leave it at that that Julie's most embarrassing moments have been when she's had to go in the outdoors and yep. <laughs> we'll just leave that as maybe our we'll just leave that as a lead or a transition into a different podcast someday we'll have a whole episode on going to the bathroom in the outdoors julia <laughs> you know there are ways to do this correctly <laughs> and another day we no can talk trace. about those <laughs> right leave no trace in the outdoors there you go there you go well, Julie, is there any additional information that comes to mind that you would like to share with the listeners about mushroom hunting and how we can encourage them 
including, you know, encouraging Michaela and I or additional information or knowledge that would get us out there. I have some resources. I like books. Um, of course, I'm kind of old school, but a lot of a lot of books you can carry along in the field. Probably my favorite book is Mushrooms Demystified uh, by David Aurora. And we can put those maybe on the Facebook page as well. But that's probably one of the best mushroom books that I've come across. Things about how to mushroom hunt, poisonous lookalikes, great color photos, ID books that I found out there. Um, it's not hard and it's kind of fun. And now with cell phones, you can take pictures and then you can actually take them, you know, those photos back and thumb through your books or even if there's online resources, there's a lot of online resources as well that you can identify mushrooms with. Like I said, just start out with a handful, get to know those mushrooms really, really well, and then continue on and try to pick, pick and choose a few other ones to learn throughout out the seasons and throughout the years. Well, everyone, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. She goes outdoors. Tag us with our hashtag. Hashtag she goes outdoors. Uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, um, on our Facebook page. So make sure to share it with your friends. Thank you for joining us, Julie. Yes, thanks for having me.